Welcome to another Take 10 with Jen. Get equipped in the supernatural. And now, here's Jen. Welcome back to Take 10 with Jen, a supernatural podcast. Now make sure to get this podcast each and every week. Subscribe, rate and review it, and share it with all of your friends. Well, this week we're going to continue our discussion on prophetic protocol. We've talked about boundary lines in the prophetic and that they're established depending on the context and the setting for prophetic ministry. And we also talked about last week what to do if you get the prophetic word wrong. That, that it's important, you know, that you take responsibility for wrong prophetic words. We've all missed it at times, thought we heard God at times when we didn't. We actually heard our own flesh or our own heart. And so if you get the prophetic word wrong, there's a way to go about correcting that error. And we need to be integrous in that regard. Now, this week, we're going to talk about the do's and the don'ts of directional prophetic words. Some prophetic words provide edification exhortation and comfort. Others might provide God's divine direction for your life. But before we go there, let's make sure, make sure, make sure you have my book, Prophetic Secrets, Learning the Language of Heaven. You can get it at any online retailer who sells Christian books or purchase it at jenniferevaz.com. We've now made it available inside Australia. So if you're Australian, hit the AUS shop tab at jenniferevaz.com as well. Now I want to share with you first about a few dreams and visions that have come from children. Since we're talking about the prophetic and we're teaching in the prophetic, I also want to give you some examples of the prophetic, and I think this will really bless you. Well, the first was from my own daughter when she was just a toddler, and she woke me up one morning quite frightened and concerned, and she said this. She said, Mommy, Mommy, I had a dream. I saw snakes and crocodiles, and there were treats for those who saved the day. And I asked her if she got a treat, and she responded, no, I didn't know how to save the day. And needless to say, we made that our prayer point and invited the Holy Spirit to come as her teacher and show her how to do just that, you know, to save the day and crush snakes and crocodiles. (laughs) So much symbolism in that. Well, the second dream that I want to share with you came from a child of one of our worship leaders, uh, and this happened recently here at Harvest Church in Turlock, California. And our worship leader said this. He said, I just had a conversation about heaven at bedtime with my eight-year-old. And he described all the things he saw when he closed his eyes. So essentially, he was having a vision. And the worship leader, he said, this, my kid dropped a bomb on me because he said, there's a bunch of angels and creatures with a bunch of eyes all over them singing. He's holy or good or something. I don't know. And then his child said, I saw God was a big bright light with rays of sunshine coming out of him in every direction. I saw that he told heaven to be quiet for a minute so he could hear us worship him at church because he likes it when we sing at him. Wow, kids having dreams and visions. Just like the book of Acts said what happened. It said, Acts 2 verse 17 said, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Let's get back to our topic directional prophetic words, words that give direction to your life, what you should do, where you should go, what changes in life you should make. And the only thing is these kinds of words, no matter what source they come from, at the end of the day are your responsibility to determine if they're accurate or not. And that's between you and God alone. Because at the end of the day, if the word that came to you from another source or in another person, if it's wrong or it's biased, well, if you decide to go with it and it's it's not a, a 
right word, you are actually responsible, not the other person. Now, First Kings chapter 13, verse 1 to 3, this is a good example of what I'm talking about. It says, And behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David, and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart, and the ashes on it shall be poured out. Well, the king, as he listened to this, he got quite disturbed, and he you know, went after this prophet, and then his hand began to wither, and the prophet prayed to the Lord for him, and his, his hand was restored. And so the king extended himself to the prophet in a more relational way, and he says, why don't we break bread together? You know, I'm paraphrasing all this. But the prophet said, no, I can't do that. The Lord told me to go straight back from where I came from. And, and he had direct orders to not, you know, do anything relational. Don't stay. Don't stick around. Just go home. And so then we see a little deeper into the chapter, uh, uh, verse 15 to 18. It says, the old prophet said to this younger prophet. Okay, so now there's an older prophet on the scene. And he said to this younger prophet, the one who just, you know, prophesied so powerfully and everything has come to pass. And, you know, there's all of that commotion with the king's hand and everything. So the old prophet said to the younger prophet, he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. And the younger prophet said, I cannot return with you nor go in with you. Neither can I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For I've been told by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread nor drink water there nor return by going the way you came. And the older prophet said to him, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water. Basically, he was lying to him. And, you know, I mean, think about it. What, did God change his mind? I don't know. You know, so what happened is the younger prophet consented, disobeyed the word of the Lord. And by the time this whole story finished, it cost him his life. Okay, so so even though even though an older prophet came to him and said, I heard God, too. Well, the younger prophet was still responsible at the end of the day for hearing God for himself. I think that's what we want to learn here. You see, I was at a conference with a few other prophets, one in particular who had a strong word of knowledge gift. He could tell you facts by the Holy Spirit about your present or your past without having any prior knowledge. I've always said that the word of knowledge shocks people into attention so they can hear the prophetic word of the Lord with faith. And so this person began releasing words of knowledge, powerful, and this person also began to prophesy, but they were prophesying directionally to people. And they were giving people direction about their life and what they should do, you know, and, and saying it was the Lord. And he said to one couple, God is calling you to leave your business and move from your state to this state and to join this ministry. Wow, I thought to myself, I hope they don't do it. And here's why. Because the, the first question I had was, does this prophet plan to support them as they shut down a business and open a new one? It's so easy to prophesy things like this when you have no responsibility towards a person. Number two, it was done publicly. And that's a lot of pressure on the couple, especially if they don't feel it's the Lord. They risk looking like they aren't as in tune with God as the prophet appears to be. And number three, a move like that needs to be confirmed in your own heart and by the people who know you and care about you. I mean, if it's a mistake, it can set you back for years. And so there are just some things that we need either not to prophesy or use better wisdom in our communication. I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't have prophesied that. I might have raised the question over a meal with a couple and but not said it as a prophetic word. I mean, even if I felt strongly it was a 
prophetic word, I would have presented it more open-ended. For example, I would have said, you might not think this is God at all, and I'm okay with that, but would God be calling you into a move with this ministry? Will you please pray about that? You see, I've watched a handful of times guest prophets at churches. They would prophesy to the guest worship leaders, and they would say things like this. You're being called to serve this church. You need to make a move. Come to this church. This is what God is saying. Well, not one time did those guest worship leaders step into that kind of role, even though it was prophesied. And you could also feel the pressure in the room as everyone clapped their hands, hooted, hollered, you know, but those guest worship leaders didn't agree it was from God and they didn't do what was being prophesied over them. And I've seen that at least three times now. And every time they were declining that prophetic word as a word for their life. So at least they knew to hear God for themselves. You see, in the distant past, I've had a few church leaders try and put put children's ministry prophetically on my life. Now, to be honest, that's the last place I want to be. It's not God's plan for me. Even though they were putting that on me prophetically and I knew it wasn't God's plan, I still, by default, ended up serving in children's ministry for a year, uh, my first year of ministry. Uh, so so it was kind of interesting how that all worked out, but I knew it wasn't for me, and I, I as quickly as I could, got out of it. You see, directional words, you know, prophesying people's marriages, divorces, babies, dates, I don't know, maybe... Uh, down the road, we're going to have to throw in presidential elections. I don't know. <laughs> you know, directional words. I'm, I'm not saying God won't ever give a directional prophetic word to someone. But whenever there is a bias in the heart, there seems to be a misstep in the prophetic word. It'll sound like a prophetic word, but it's really a personal preference dressed up in prophetic language. We want to get back to the purity of the gift of prophecy, of the prophetic word. And we want to do things with maturity, right? All right. So thank you once again for listening to Take 10 with Jen, a supernatural podcast. Help me get this podcast and other resources around the globe. Just go to jenniferevaz.com and hit the donate tab. Thanks again for listening to Take 10 with Jen. For more resources and to become a partner, visit us at jenniferevaz.com.